0: Discover the
1: opportunities and possibilities of social media as you hang out with Sultan on this podcast. Sultan is an A social media manager with a proven record of leading and helping brands build a strong digital presence across various channels. He specializes in social content strategy and inbound marketing, amongst others. Now, listen to Social with Sultan.
2: It's, it's really nice and awesome to have you here. Like I'm so excited.
1: Yeah. No, <laughs> it's great to meet you. Um, I guess over spaces.
2: <laughs> over spaces, yeah. <laughs> Finally to hear your voice. Yeah. Again. <laughs> but for me again, but for you, for the first time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know. I think is this yeah, this is the first time we're kind of speaking, isn't it? I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. the first time. Yeah. Wow, I'm, I'm actually so excited to have you here, and well, I can't wait for the others to join to also learn. I think this is going to be a great opportunity for others to also learn, and just to give a little background on what we do and what the space is about, um, I started this space I think two years ago, and I had the last season earlier this year, and I realized that there's a need to actually educate a lot of people to go into social media and to digital in general, in Africa.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. And because it, it has never been something that looks interesting for people. And the idea is to get people into it and let them do it professionally. And that's what I've been advocating for for the last, God knows how long, I've, I've even lost count. And the first places I did was called Social Resort, and where we just spoke about social media in general. But then mm-hmm. after a while, I realized that there is actually a need for people. People believe that it's difficult to do social and you have to be like a copywriter. You must have like a certain creative mind to be able to do the work. And I realized that there's actually, everybody can do it and there's a way to do it. It can be, it's a step-by-step mm-hmm. process and it's a science. Everybody can be a scientist. Once you go to school and learn the processes, you can be, but not everybody can be a Picasso or or like Beyonce. Some of us we cannot
1: be. <laughs> no, that's
2: right. Yeah. So everybody can learn social media so long as you commit yourself to it, so long as you learn the processes and the and the procedures that has been set in place. And when I went through the people that I want to be on for this particular season, I was like, bro, I really wish Jenny would come on because like I follow your you a lot on Twitter, like and
1: well thank you. Yeah, the,
2: <laughs> you're welcome. The information you put out there is It's amazing. So I'm really glad. I appreciate that. Yeah. 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 You're welcome. I I also appreciate you being here because it's a real privilege. Like I'm even stammering. Like I never stammer my spaces. Like it's like I've met my, my idol, you know, anyways.
1: (laughs) no. (laughs) No, well, I'm happy to share. And yeah, this, I'm looking forward to this conversation. I'm excited about this conversation as well.
2: Yeah. So I think what we are going to do is I'm going to let you introduce yourself and tell us what you do. Who is Jenny? Tell us something, like, interesting about you.
1: Oh, goodness. Okay. So, yeah. So I'm Jenny Lee Fowler, and I um, am the Director of Social Media Strategy at MIT. Um, I, you know, I manage all things social for the institute office of communication so if there's um, any campaign or announcement that has like an institute focus or a focus of our mit's president um, and you know there's a social aspect to it that would be me and i also um, directly manage most of our flagship channels so twitter um, facebook um, and linkedin and and i supervise um instagram and our tiktok account so i'm pretty much all things social um i don't i don't know there you know i feel like i'm very average and boring but i guess <laughs> something, i guess something um uh, sort of a fun fact and i kind of put this up on, on twitter recently but i used to be and we'll talk about this a little bit more but i used to be a tv reporter and anchor and um i u- like my first rookie job out of journalism school was in quincy illinois and um, a little known fact is when i left quincy um the mayor of quincy gave me a key to the city which i've ever never really gone back so i don't know what it does but i have <laughs> one <laughs> but i do have one um so yeah that's me
2: well, that's Jenny for you guys. And I think we'll just go right into it. I mean, yeah,
1: we have like
2: 13 people here, so we can just go into it. Like you sure. Just um, you started as a journalist. Yes. And from where I sit, I've seen people come from different backgrounds doing social. Like, I came from an agricultural background. I studied agricultural mechanization. So people ask me, what am I doing in marketing and in social media? So it, it goes to say that that like it doesn't matter where you're coming from. Anybody can do what we do, and I would like to understand why the transition into social since we started in journalism, and what was the journey into going to social strategy in general.
1: Sure, sure. Um, and let me know if at any time um you don't hear me clearly. I think I'm coming across okay. Does it sound okay? Yeah, it's um, just okay. but just it's great great. Just let me know if I, um, so yeah. So I, when I, I started off my professional career, I don't think there was any such thing as a social media strategist. Right. So, um, but you know, my goal or my dream was always like to be a TV anchor. So I did, I did start off in journalism and, um, my, fir- I would say, you know, my first half of my career, you know, I, I was a TV reported anchor and I thought that was the only thing that I would ever do. Um, but, I think the great thing about communications is you can kind of start to, um, you know, look, you can kind of make your own path, just like you said, you don't have to start out in social, right, um, to end up in social. Um, so I think, you know, when I started to transition into my in my career for a while, I was at a Fortune 50 company in an in-house public affairs um, department. And, you know, I just kind of discovered they made me um, a web editor of you know one um a small portion of their this you know company's like broad digital you know um you know, spaces and, and world. And I was a web editor of a small space and I just really loved it, you know? And so I started to learn and teach myself all the things about content strategy and content management. And, and that started to like, get into social a little bit, you know, and when that was just starting to blossom. So, I mean, if, if you know my my journey into social media was totally by it was organic and it was totally by accident Mm -hmm. um but i think that's okay i think you know in your career seldom do you have like a straight path right it's kind of winding and you know you see several forks in the road and um you know i think the important thing is you're constantly like learning and you're constantly doing something that really really interests you i think is important so it really my it was really an unexpected journey but i'm I'm sure glad that I'm here
2: yeah I mean like what you're saying is very true because um kwame my co-host was also an engineer back in school now he does influencer marketing so like yeah I mean, <laughs> was, yeah we can really relate and I think for, for a lot of us like, just like you we were sort of pushed into it accidentally like I never thought I would ever go into social media, but i i I wanted to go on, do my PhD, work at a World Food Programme or something, like something interesting. But then mm-hmm. here we are talking <laughs> about media, talking about Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. I never imagine myself talking about these things. But anyway, <laughs> anyway yeah. One of the, the questions that personal have been meaning to ask you is like why higher ed? Like why higher education? Why why MIT? Why not for a tech company like
1: why why not um, <laughs> why, um again totally like totally by accident so i you know i was at that company where i was a web editor and um at that time and and just understand you know when you, when i was uh, studying journalism and i became a reporter when i i thought i was going to die doing that you know so you know these trans the t- transition was a really tough one and so i was trying to explore you know, you know, at this place where I was like, I don't know where my career is going to go or what's, what it's going to do or how it's going to go. So, you know, as I was, you know, as a web editor and a content, you know, doing more to learn about content strategy, I was looking for a job too. And I, I just applied to like, oh my gosh, like any job that has had any aspect of like communications to it. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I got like like rejected after rejection after, or a lot of times, you know how you just apply for a job and you just never hear from anyone. Like I must've applied for like, like 70 things and didn't hear from anybody. And here, like I saw this job description, it was for like web editing and social media managing. And, you know, the social, like doing straight social media managing was sort of new, but I was definitely interested in it. And of course I was already managing a website. So I knew I can do that. And I read the description and I, something just like lit, lit in me. And I, I just said, this, this is perfect. Like, this is what I want to do. But I totally, you know, like a lot of us do, like a lot of us, especially women or minorities, we just self eliminate. So I, I was reading the description, but I said, Oh my gosh, but it's Harvard. Like really Harvard? Like, like, you know, I said, Jenny, you're crazy. And so I, I literally, like, just closed out that, um, you know, job description and didn't apply. Yeah. But there was something in my brain that was, like, nagging me, nagging me, nagging me. Like, just, I couldn't forget, you know, that job description. And I said, well, what, you know, what the heck? Like, I'll just, you know, I'll just apply. And if if Harvard doesn't get back to me, who cares? Like, there's, like, 70 other places that didn't get back to me. So what, what's yeah. one more? <laughs> Right. And so I applied and guess what? Harvard called back and, you know, and they flew me out for an interview. And I'm telling you, Sultan, it was the best interview I've ever had in my whole entire life. It was just kind of like the universe telling me, This is made for you, you know, and I was like living in Illinois at the time. um, And so like my husband and I just left and came to Boston and we've just been here like ever since. So, you know, it's not like I chose higher ed, higher ed kind of chose me. Um, and so, you know, and then my current position was, I was at Harvard at the time and then I started, there was a thing that was sort of nagging at me and I was like, if I could just make social media my 100% job, like that would be kind of cool. I think I really like this new industry and Um, You know, that would be great. And then this job, you know, opened up at MIT, where it was like, you know, the central position for social media. And, um, you know, a friend of mine said, this would be really great for you. And, you know, again, I, I was just like, oh, my gosh, like, I can't not like I'm so I'm not ready but I can't not apply to this job and I will tell you my resume was old everything was old (laughs) in in a matter of like 48 hours I had to update all of my digital properties and update all of my resumes and update everything and I applied and it just worked out which you know if, if you guys could all learn a lesson from that like keep your LinkedIn and your resume keep them up to date because you just never know when an opportunity is going to hit you and it will hit you when you least expect it. So um, just to learn from that, uh, I would say keep everything fresh and up to date, but yeah, it just, higher, really just kind of chose me. It's crazy.
2: Well, I mean, like when you got into um, MIT, I would like to understand, like, did you start from a director position? Like how was the transition like, like how did you grow?
1: Sure. So when so before I came to MIT, there was a person um, that was my predecessor and she, w- it was a social media strategist position. It wasn't even a manager position. And then they realized really quickly that, you know, we need to elevate this position and make it a manager position. So they changed the position and I was hired. And so I was a social media manager, I'd say about, um, five year for five years. And then they real, you know, and then very quickly they realized, you know, this, this person, this position, I was doing director level work, you know, and sort of like, um, reporting basically to executive, um, you know, folks and, and really, um, helping the president. So they, they, they actually promoted, me to the director position. And I think I've been a director for almost two years now. So um, it's been great in that, you know, I think you know it's great to work for a place that really is r- realizing the importance of social media and mm-hmm. how much it's grown and how, um, and to really, you know, elevate the status of it. So I feel like I've constantly been challenged and, you know, in the future, you know, my I'll probably have it more of a team and my team might grow, but it's it's really great to work at a place that sort of realizes that, you know? Yeah, I mean, like,
2: I was going to talk about a hierarchy, but then I realized that maybe that should be a conversation for another time because that can be another long conversation.
1: Oh, but, yeah, that could be, yes, I agree.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I, I was wondering because, for me a lot of universities like the the social media is boring so like how is it for you like how are you transforming it from a boring brand like to say to something more exciting something that is more social media worthy if if that's Yeah. Right.
1: I mean that's I mean I that's interesting because Like, some people might say, you know, places like Harvard and MIT might be really boring. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, because we're, you know, it's like these, they're academic institutions, they're old academic institutions where, like, you know, things probably don't change very quickly. But I think that you could really, you know, make your own space and make it fun wherever you are. Because every place has its culture and every culture has its sense of humor. Right. So, you know, so at a place like MIT, where it could be viewed as very serious and very academic, but, you know, we embrace like our nerd culture and, you know, our sense of humor is around numbers like we love our numbers, you know, so. Like, um, I I love doing posts that are number sur- surrounded by numbers or, you know, um, something that we can play on our sense of humor with, like, numbers. So, like, you know, Pi Day is a huge day. Like, March 14th is a huge day in our culture and our, for us on social media. Um, and you know, and like for instance, I remember one day. Um, There's another person, one of my colleagues, and I were talking, and she was like, "Do you know? Did you realize?" And th- you know, this this is very MIT for someone to say this at MIT, but she was just like, "Did you know today was the 20th week of the 20th month of the 20th? You know, 20th like." Yeah, you know, it's probably. like year yeah it was just like it was like all these 20 20 20 20s and and so me being really I, I was like what really it is and I I just said oh I'm gonna tweet that and you know I just and I, I just tweeted something really simple like and you know enjoy this 20th week of the 20th month of the 20th century of the 20 and I and of course me being extra I um posted it at the twentieth hour of the day, so I like posted it at nine, um, and 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 but you know people when your culture is is geeky and and loves numbers they 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 notice that they'll notice that you point posted in the twentieth day so it was a really simple tweet but like it it did really really well so I think you could just no matter what industry you're in that industry has a has like inside jokes and a sense of humor and I think you can definitely play that up you know,
2: yeah. Yeah, I think I think I get that, and and that's very true because I believe that every brand can be social. It just depends on the person who is at the helm of the, of the brand. The person controlling it can either be boring or 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 exciting, depending on how you turn it and how and how you communicate what you're doing. And that actually takes us into the details of what I wanted us to actually talk about today: building social media strategy.
1: Yeah.
2: I. You made mention that you are not really like a, an influencer marketing person, but I maybe we yeah. brush yes. and yeah. then let's let's focus more on like for brands and for individuals.
1: Sure. Either way, yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, so how do I build a social media strategy? Like, what's the first thing that I should be doing if I'm building a social media strategy?
1: Sure. I I think um I think sometimes people get hung up on the word strategy a little bit cuz it seems very complex and yeah. big you know um but i think that if you if if you think of it just as a plan you know you're trying to like you want to plan something before you actually do it and then you know when you when you plan something out you have more success you will potentially have more success when you're doing right um and i think the big thing that's really important is that you just have to find out what your goal is What is your goal for doing it? So like, if I, you know, if I were an influencer, right, my goal might be to get like um, more partnerships or more sponsorships, right? So I think that I would gear my content to try to appeal to the audiences of whatever sort of influencer I want to be. Or whatever. And I and I think what's really important is for you, you know, so one, what is your goal? Right. And then, you know, two, which almost goes hand in hand with that is like, who is your audience? And this is really, really important because like early on, you know, I, you know, I, I ask a lot of my colleagues this, this question because a, a lot of um, I serve as a consultant to a lot of the social media um, managers we have and communicators at, that we have at MIT. So they, you know, I help them talk about strategy and best practices. And, and you know, a lot of times I ask them, like, wh- you know, who's your audience? And then they'll say, look, they'll say, everyone, everyone is our audience. <laughs> and I just think, well, then if everyone's your audience, you're going to reach no one. Because in today's, like, hyper-focused, hyper-targeted, you know, market or marketing, then you know, if you if you're gonna try to reach out everyone, you're really gonna reach no one. So I, I just think it's important to know who you're going who your audience is and who you're trying to reach, right? And so like, you know, and as an influencer, you have to like find what your niche is. But I often say like don't, you know, like, don't limit yourself to one niche, kind of like intersect it with like an interest of yours. Right. So like, you know, and, and, and whatever that intersection is, then you can find your market. So say like you're, um, I don't know, like, say you're, you're, you are a, like a foodie and you're trying to really get more partnerships, you know, with like, maybe whatever sort of, brand of like like I don't know Nabisco, like any sort of like food line or yeah. or maybe you're, you're trying to get with a um a restaurant so yes, it's gonna... yes yes
2: i'll just give you an example let's say you're trying to give it mcdonald's
1: yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. So the example that I tra- is like say um, it, you know it, it, if being a foodie could be really really broad, but maybe you like narrow it down to like I I try pizzas. I you know that's my thing is that I like like really do like. Like pizzas, but also places that, in addition, like to pizza. In addition to pizzas, maybe it's with like um, a fusion theme, or like if you know, like if you're really sort of, or maybe you're a like a, a you're you're a parent and pizzas are your thing, but you like to try um, restaurants that also do take home kits at home. So it like it it intersects like your niche along with your own interest, and then. And when you kind of carve out that sort of like really specific area, it automatically sort of tells you who your audience is and who you're going after. And you'd be surprised that they're, you know, it feels very specific, but that's what really grows the audiences is when you really target it to that specific of a level.
2: Wow. That's intense. I I was just trying to take notes. And for Someone like me who sits as a brand, like as a, as a strategist with a company like yourself, what, like, I know you can apply the same processes, but then are there anything particular to look at like when building, let's say, a brand, a brand from scratch? Uh, uh,
1: you mean when you already ha- sorry, when you're building a brand from scratch or when you already have like a, 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 a brand that's pretty um, recognized? Is that what you
2: no so a brand from scratch that we can go to a brand that is recognized
1: oh okay so that that's like that's where you're really building your community right yeah. Yeah. um so i so when you're a brand and you're really trying to build your community i think that's when it's important to um you know n- know, know the vernacular of your audience. Like just just like um I, you know, I know it's it's hard because MIT is so globally known, but say we weren't like my focus would be in our audience um of that really like like likes sort our of math humor and you know tell pie jokes and tell math jokes. You know, so like like I would really double down on like you know, what our community says, what our community, like, say, um, say you're a bike shop. I know bike, I know bicyclists have their own like lingo and vernacular and, 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 and language to describe things like, you know, don't try to serve everyone. Just, you know, try to get the bicyclists that are very serious and talk their language and use their sense of humor. And I would really, really, you know, double down and build. That's when, like, I know we talk a lot about building community, but that's why. Right. So these community, like your community members, and then they'll you'll have those members that have been with you from the very start, right? And then they become like your ambassadors. And so when you scale, you scale because your those like, you know, those members that have been with you from the very beginning, they have like this really strong sense of loyalty because they can say like, you know, I knew this company when, right? Um, so you know that's that's who you that's who become your brand evangelist your community evangelist and that's how you sort of scale like i would really like um you know focus on on the content that really serves your very specific community
2: yeah that's very true because like (laughs) we see a lot of people like the example you gave like the food example yes even with the food example, as you're talking about, I'm actually thinking even as a food influencer or even you can just focus on just say, let's say you can just focus on tea. Maybe right. Just
1: exactly. Yes.
2: Yeah. Or if you're branding, you realize that, I mean, I see a lot of brands trying to do everything, trying to talk about football, trying to talk about their product, trying to talk about things that are away from their core mandate and their, like their voice. And I see a lot of people doing that. And I think we should actually go into that for a while. Like, when, how, I think the question is, how do you draw the line between going overboard beyond, like, your brand voice and brand tone and what your brand is known for? And then, because sometimes it can be tricky, like, it's like, everybody's talking about this, do I also talk about that? Or I shouldn't because, let's say, I'm high-end, high-end doesn't talk about football. I don't know if you get my question.
1: Um. Yeah, sure. I just think that, like, it, Um. if, 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 touches upon your culture in some way i think then it makes sense but yeah. if it's a stretch then i it you know if 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 you're trying too hard to think of you know a reason for you to do a meme you know it, it, then i don't think you should right it, ta- it, it 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 doesn't make a lot of sense like for for instance you know in the in, in the united states when um when ruth bader ginsburg you know, passed away, who was a very prominent, you know, figure in our history. She was like a strong um, U.S. Supreme Court justice. Um, There was a strong there was a strong desire for members in our community for us to tweet about it or say something about it, you know. But at the end of the day, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, you know, she never gave a commencement address at, at MIT. MIT doesn't have a law school. You know, and, um she's she hasn't given money to I mean, she, you know, like there there was no like strong connection and so while of course like as an individual I would have loved to say something, you know, like remarking about her and her legacy and how wonderful she is it didn't make a lot of sense to be talking in that space at the time um and that's what i call like it's too much of a stretch you know um or you know just because there's like that there's a meme out there and if it doesn't make sense for us to do we just you know then we won't do it i think at the end of the day it's still it's you know if you have to If you have to try too hard to think of a reason, then I always say that it's probably because it's not a fit. Right. It has to be like an obvious fit. But there are days like, you know, sort of like National Cat Day or something that, you know, you wouldn't think is a fit. But then, you know, we have at MIT, we have this thing called we are like robotic cheetah. And it's like a robotic cat. And so we'll tweet about that on National Cat Day because that's like a that's sort of like a natural fit. And that's our MIT way of taking um, of um, participating in that in that social media holiday. So I, I think if it's an obvious fit, then then do it. Right. And, and you're you're. Your heart, you know, your community will really love it and appreciate it because you put, you know, your our MIT spin on it. But if you're trying too hard, then you know people can tell. People can tell when you're trying too hard. And I'd I'd say like the you know the result is never as as cool or as big as you think it's going to be. So just you know just it, it's it's I think it's it's just as good of a decision to mm. not participate right than participating.
2: Yeah, sure. I think um, the, the next thing I would actually like to go into is um, how do you build a short-term strategy for, let's say, all the platforms that you're working with? How do you build a medium-term strategy and an, a long-term strategy? And then um, for one, yeah. give us examples of like how do you do like the step-by-step processes?
1: yeah so, um, I know that we were kind of talking about possible questions, and I knew I knew you were gonna ask me this question, yeah. and I was thinking about it, and I was like so here here's here's what I thought of is that you know, anytime I'm thinking about building a short term strategy, it's because my goal is a short term goal, right yeah. um I so I never go into thinking, oh, you know, for this I'm gonna um, build a short-term strategy, I always think, well, what's the goal? So, for example, um, one, one year we did, like, um, like a campaign to get students involved, um, with, like, telling the story of, like, MIT, right? And so what, um, so it was sort of this campaign, and we, you know, we gave prizes at the end, like, first, second, third prizes. We said, submit a video where you're doing something outside of the classroom. Now, I know and we did this because you know every you know everyone knows like MIT students are really smart and they're really good at math they're very dedicated but what they don't know is that they're incredibly like creative and they do really wacky fun beautiful, um, you know, like artsy things outside of the classroom. So we said, you know, show us what you do outside of the classroom. So we, you know, we kind of like, I got a bunch of students together. And said, what should we call this? And, you know, we gave it the hashtag, this is MIT. So this, you know, that's like, so we sort of built, it's, it, we had a very, we had a very specific goal in mind. So it's a strategy that just went, um, that would last us like a very specific Amount of time, right? Yep. But I think, I think when even if it's a short term, like the goal is short and it's short term, and you know, we kind of promoted it and do, you know, do things like that. I always, I think in the back of my head, I'm always thinking longevity. So, like, what is like that? Like, the hashtag this is MIT was it, it, um, it fit for this like short term, um, you know, campaign, but, you know, I wanted a, a hashtag that we could revisit or revise or or if it, it, it can like evolve over time, right? Um, so we did it, but it is interesting because the, the This Is MIT, um, like, uh, hashtag sort of evolved and it was taken on by our, um, like our editor of our newsletter and there's a section in the newsletter called This Is MIT you know, um, we've kept the hashtag and it just, the hashtag is lived on, you know? So I think yep. it's interesting. Like, I think, you know, like I, I build short term, um, like if, if the goal is, is, is short term. Right. So I always, like, like I said at the start, it's like always, what's the goal? Um, uh, I think, but when you're building something, I always think, can we like, let's not just, I think, even though I think it's a short campaign, I'm always thinking of longevity, right? Um, sure. So, um, I don't know, like, when you when said medium, I actually... I honestly, I don't, I was like, what is a medium length strategy? Like I have no, (laughs) like I have no idea. I I feel like, I feel like there are campaigns that like are quick. And then if not, like, you know, the whole thing, like when you're building a strategy, you build it for long that something to maintain and that you can maintain over a long period of time. Right. Um, So if I'm, if I'm going for like, you know, if I'm starting at a new place tomorrow, I think that, you know, the things that it would be really it, like for me to learn and get up to speed on is like, you know, all the things like, you know, what are, what are the goals? Like, why are you using social media? Like, you don't want to just use social media to post on social media. You have to know why you're using it. And then I know what goal I'm going toward. Right. And then I would need to know like the voice and the tone, like of, of the organization Um, is, you know, is, is it, is it like, you know, Marvel, Marvel has a very different voice and tone than say like Harry Potter. And Harry Potter is very different than like Ted, Ted Lasso. Right. So you have to know, like, like I would want to know voice and tone. I always, for me, it's always sense of humor because sense of humor is so important. Like, like you, there's something powerful about when you can, when you share a laugh with someone, because you get it, you both get the joke and you both think something is funny you know? And so that, that there's something powerful in that. So like, I always want to learn like the, the sense of humor, you know, the vernacular, you know, who the audiences are, you know, who the target audiences are. And then you just, you want to know what's feasible, like what kind of content do we have, you know? Um, and, And then you sort of build out from there, I think. And, and um, Yeah. Yeah, so I'll stop there and see if anyone has any questions or I feel like I'm talking too much.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, maybe if anybody has a question, like you can use the hashtag or you can request for the mic. I'll take just two or three questions, then we we can go back to chatting with. um, Do you have any any questions so far?
3: Yeah. Hi, Sultan. Um, Hi, guys. Good evening. Thanks a lot, Jenny. You've said a lot. You've said a lot. I think I'm, I'm just here, here. learning. Um, yeah, I have a question. So, yep. usually, um, you know, there is the arts of social media, okay, where um, you, I mean, okay, so for me, I work in an agency and um, I have community managers managing social media accounts and all that. And sometimes, you know, when a client comes and they are looking for specific results for, for the big brands, it's not really a problem but for medium scale clients who actually uh, need to have some good ROI, um, that is where the challenge is. How do you strategize so well that whatever content you are putting out is actually going to, for the case of, for instance, um, a small brand or a medium scale brand, how do you make sure the content you are putting out there is actually leading to either generate sales or if it's, I mean, usually they don't want just awareness. They are also looking at uh, growing some numbers in terms of revenue and other how do you strategize move away from the art points to actually um, do actual work that will actually bring um, the clients the results they need how, how do you go about it because from my experience um, in this part of the world I feel most of the social media strategies and all that will give you the eyeballs and all that but how do you actually transform these people to um, have a good ROI for, for the clients you're working for
1: yeah yeah so that's that's always the big challenge right cuz it's um you you have to be very very specific like say um if you have like an you know a, an ask or like um you're trying to motivate a, a an action step like it's you know unless you you have a very you know you use codes to say you know Click this link, and it goes directly to whatever, um, you know, page for like signing up for a publication or buy here. Like, it's hard to know the exact ROI numbers. I I think like in these, you know, I think when you're dealing with a business, I think there the biggest challenge I think is that there is is sort of the education piece um, where. They think, oh, you know, you know, please post and we want like a hundred, you know, we want thousands of new followers by the end of two weeks. and, and, And it just doesn't work that way, right? So I, I think if I were to approach it with a business, I think the most there's a lot of education and what I would do is kind of um, do a lot of um, like peer reviews and and and, um, and like co- competitor reviews so that I give them examples of like, here is one of your peers that are doing really, really well in this space right? And here's what we can sort of expect. Here's the, here's the kind of content that has really uh, worked for them. Um, And, and, and this leads to maybe this many likes, or maybe, you know, this certain campaign, maybe there are harder numbers where you could literally say they posted this and um, there's, you know, this very specific item was really, really popular uh, or became popular, but it, the the actual like connecting the numbers of roi from social media it's it's really hard right um so th- that's tough to do but I I think for me it's like you know if you level set expectations from the beginning, I think that um, the conversation of like, return on investment can go a little bit easier. or maybe it could be a little bit more targeted. Like um, you know this, this company did is appear and they you know the, their Twitter campaign didn't do as well, but you know the Instagram campaign was very, very successful. So maybe instead of like even doing anything on Twitter, you can focus your attention on Instagram instead, you know and just kind of like follow their example. Does that make any sense or is that resonating?
2: Yeah, I think it makes sense to me. Thank you, thank you very much.
1: It makes sense. Yes, of course. I right. think
2: Kwame, just to add a little to what Jenny just said, I mean, um, it's social media marketing, not social media sales. <laughs> That's the education I think Jenny was talking about. Maybe a little more education has to be done for the agency, like the, your clients. Let them understand that it's, it's marketing. Right. Yes. You get there. You might not get the results you need immediately because, as he was talking, as Jenny was talking, and you were talking, I remembered an ad that I watched years ago that said I dropped the yam, and it was trying to say a phone that someone was holding was a yam, and it has changed the name of um, any phone that is not a smartphone is called a yam in Ghana just because of one ad. So. It's, wow. it's, it's a long-term game it's not marketing is a long-term game it's not something that you might get a result now so maybe you can advise your clients that they should please relax i think i'll go to tony and then to christian and then to Nat, Natalie. so Christine, thanks tony
4: then christian thanks, thanks so uh, thanks jenny uh greetings from saudi arabia
0: yeah hi in, tony
4: working global branding here for king abdullah university in saudi arabia um my question is about um so I ran social accounts for a university in Ireland for five yep. years. I was very good at it. I won awards. I I was strategic in my approach, but I never had a strategy document, right? Here in this university, they have been just doing stuff. It hasn't been particularly strategic. And over the last year and a half year, I've been moving it in that direction. Now we're looking at a strategy document document not just Mm -hmm. strategic approaches and my question is what in 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 the blue sky best practice you know uh optimum do you think a department should have in terms of documents right is it one per channel is it one overarching is it just an executive summary because it changes so much what are your thoughts on that
1: yeah. So I, um, I, this this is a really good question because I don't think that we do this enough in um, in in social media, and I, I definitely don't think that we do this enough in um, uh, higher ed. Um, so, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll just tell you how I approach ours, and um, hopefully, this will be helpful. So. Like how I do ours is I, I I've always said what our current practice is. So maybe like maybe you say, you know, so far it's um it's purely organic and we primarily um you know post like the like news articles or um or we post original original content or blogs from our like you kind of say what you post and you um talk about like maybe you can talk about your cadence you know whatever you think is important so how I've always done is like here is our current practice and here is the practice that we hope to go to so you know I think in the past I've said you know our current practice is to um just kind of is, is purely promotional and we post out um, and we like share things, but now we're um, we're moving into a phase where we want to maybe target, you know, target cross admits a, a little bit more, or maybe we want to engage our, um, you know, alumni influence, like influencers within our alumni, or, um, you know, now we're going into a phase where we're a little bit more sophisticated in our listening and monitoring. And so we, I, I'll i go into like, here's where we are, here's where we're moving towards, and here's what will help us do that. And and I don't really go channel by channel. It's definitely more arver- overarching, you know, so I'll say generally, you know, what, 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 where are we trying to move toward and then um i you know and i'll i'll you know add like any you know tools that might have be helpful or i might say it, you know we maybe resources that will help you, you know, move in that direction. Um, and and I'll always put like, you know, our messaging goals, like and we hope to it we hope to um support these like three, four, five. I wouldn't do more than five because if you think of messaging, messaging always is like oh I always think of messaging as you're trying to reach hearts and minds over a long piece of a long period of time right so you know over time we we might say these are the three big messaging goals of the university and here's how we plan to support them in social media so um you know just talking specifics like one of ours is that we're welcoming to everyone like mit has a stereotype where it's just old Cromugeny white men and white um white you know uh lab coats and we do nothing but like sit in our labs and do things like that. But we're welcoming to women, we're welcoming to international, like we're welcoming to everyone. So, you know, say like in Instagram, we will support this by making sure that we post an image or feature a woman like every so you can get that specific, but you don't have to. Um I've just I've just done that in the past. Um and Um, yeah, I think these are all elements that you put, like, that I put in my overarching strategy. And I will say that, like, you know, every about two or three years, you want to, I've noticed that you want to revisit it because things will change. Like, sometimes your focus of um, platforms will change, or sometimes your needs will change, or uh, priorities will change. Um, And But once you have a, a, a document down on paper, it's so much easier to refresh it. it. I think writing one for this first time seems seems like overwhelming, but once you start, like you can, it, you know, once you have one, you can always sort of build on it. And actually, Tony, if you if you email me, I, I'm actually happy, I'm happy to give you a copy of ours. Um, wonderful.
4: Thank yeah. you. And yeah. And I, I just started my um, MIT online social media strategy course as well today. So oh. Oh, hopefully great. that will help. It- Hopefully, yeah, with the like Sloan, you know, the yes. like six week thing. So, hopefully, that will help. Um, just a follow up, and I don't want to take too much time because other people is. Um, who's your audience, Jenny, for that document? Who do you show it to? Because mine, I'm going to basically identify the things we're not doing that we could be doing to improve the brand reputation of this, uh, you know, impressive but not very well known university. And one of my objectives, of course, is to do what you're saying so this is kind of what we do this is what we could do this is how we get there the how we get there is really important because i need to ask for more staff and i yeah resources i have i can i can get any agency i have the budget but uh you know in-house educated trained experienced staff that's like the primary objective of writing this strategy is to is to do that so um yeah i guess that's the follow-up
1: Yeah. No. Okay. You're going to laugh, but honestly, no one has ever asked me to look at my document or strategy, but it, I think um, for me, it was helpful for me to have it because it really sets your ideas and everything in stone. Um, And, and again, like if you're wanting resources or if you're, if you're wanting to make a business case for something, it helps to do that, especially, you know, um, just to have in your back pocket to have ready if if someone will ever ask it you know if my vice president ever said well what you know you know what what would you need if it was pie in the sky and why would you need it I could I could give this document to him at any moment you know so I I would say yeah
4: I do know and it reminds me of when I was in Ireland I used to say that doesn't align with our strategy a lot when I was pushing back And thankfully, no one ever asked to see the strategy. No one does. Yeah, it only existed (laughs) in my head. But yeah, yeah, so I definitely concur uh, with that. Thanks very much, Jenny. I'll let somebody else ask a question, but I will reach out. Yeah, yeah,
1: just DM me and we'll connect. No problem. Thank you so much, Tony.
2: Um, I think we go to Christian now, and then Natalie. Can you hear me, please? Yeah, we can hear you. So, thank you, Jenny. for taking the time to be here. So following up on the scenario, or the example you gave on um, RBG, um, how do you decide not to get into a certain topic, especially if you are trying to reach a global audience? You are trying to make your message global in order to attract new audience. When do you decide to do that? Especially in a world where it seems like um, customer is always right or the media can just pick up on anything you do or do not do then run with it and you are trying to kind of sympathize with those who are following you do you just sacrifice and not go there or um, how do you um, calculate whether or not to make that decision
1: yeah, I, you know, I, 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 I don't. A lot of times I don't go there. <laughs> um, I, I think for me, like, it's really important that we stay in our lane. I think that's important. But what, how I always um, envision reaching new audiences is making content that our current community enjoys so much that they, sh- it's in the sharing you know, like if if they sh- if they share it among their audiences, there there's got to be someone in there that hasn't seen MIT's comment um, uh, content before. You know, so I think where I really focus is, like I said, on our own community, and um, I I just you know um, there's you know there's a lot of like just academic things that I post, but every now and then we post something that is of our community or speaks to our culture. And you know, I'm I'm just going for shares. And so when our community shares things, I think of of sort of the amplification that, that happens. And that's um in you know that's how I hope to reach new audiences.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Christian, Natalie. Finally. Can you hear your voice.
0: Hey guys, can you hear me? We can yeah. you. hey First of all, Jenny, thanks so much for sharing your insights. It's been such an insightful session today, and Sultan for hosting this. Um, I'm coming at this more from a business founder perspective, and I was wondering, in terms of helping organisations find their voice on social media, I've been very much focused on growing my personal voice, but we're now moving to having a little bit more of an organizational voice on Twitter, on social media, what steps would you recommend that founders take to be able to learn how to grow their voice to put out on social media?
1: So if, so founders personally or as an organization, because the organization should have its own voice and tone that matches sort of their culture, right? But I think founders have a really great opportunity in that, you know, they kind of serve as an influencer for that community. So, you know, you can still be you, but I, I love it. I love it when we have like um, faculty members or, you know, like people in the administration that are very socially savvy, that can help amplify the organization's voice. So um, I'm not, I it wasn't so. So I think that, like you know, you as a person um, should definitely, you know, you should have your own voice, right? You should you should have your own tone. There are things that you post about, but um, that could be unique of the organization. But yet, because you know your your um, priorities or you know your goals are aligned with the organizations, you have an opportunity to sort of amplify and share the organization and help the organization. Um, you know, uh, meet a broader audience? If that, if, it, I'm not, I hope this is what your question is. I um, yeah. yeah. Okay. I think, I think for me, it's, I'm okay
0: with dealing with my own voice on social media. And I'm, I'm becoming more comfortable with that. I think the difficulty now is becoming is how do you create the voice for the business? And that, that's the thing that I'm interested in, in terms of how do you first approach Creating this tone of voice that is not necessarily personal, but it but it is a business voice. Like, right. what t- do you have for that?
1: So I, um, uh, if if it's a it's if, if I mean if it's a formal like that's the thing. Like, M- MIT, you know, I I definitely. Didn't create the voice of MIT because MIT has been around for a very long time. If 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 it was like a a new organization um, that you're trying to build, like the voice and tone of, I would first of all, you you know, you know, you know better than anyone, right? If if it's if it's um, if it's a more casual like if it's more casual or if it's, if it's more formal, right. Um, for instance, I'm, I'm trying to think of a, like, but you know, Forever 21 would be more casual and then maybe like Louis Vuitton would be more more formal. I mean, like you, you kind of know in, in the broad spectrum of things, but I would also, you know, I, I, if I were again going to a new, like representing a new company, I think, I, like I really would go on an interview tour and and like maybe talk to like some of um, the members that have been there for a while, and maybe I might talk to like new employees and and just ask them like you know like if if we had our sense of humor, how would you how would you um, describe our sense of humor, or you know if we if 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 we had a company, you know like. Who like who do you who do you think would is, is if you could hear like a company's voice, like who would who do you think would have be a good representation of our company's voice? Like is it James Earl Jones or is it Paul Rudd? Like like you know, like I think I would talk to a lot of people and just, you know, sort of interview them and just get like a stronger sense. Um, because I think a lot of times your community and your culture, um, your people, you know, know. Know what that is, and and really have a sense of that that is, and and maybe like especially when I'm new to a place, I think I would sort of go on an interview tour and just get like an idea, and I think it'll it'll start forming because you'll start hearing a lot of the same answers. Like you might hear like, you know, we're, you know, we we're we're formal and we're definitely more white linen, and you know, and our 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 consumers and our customers are, you know, are are more educated, and you know, and I think I think you kind of build the tone, um, voice and tone
2: out of that. Well, thank you so much, Natalie, because that was a question I was definitely going to ask. Thank you for that awesome question, because I feel one of the most important things is to define your TOV, your tone of voice, right at the beginning, before you even do much. Otherwise, you'll be saying a lot, but you might be speaking to your, like, using the wrong like, voice for the right people, or something like that. So. Thank you so much for that question, Natalie. That was, that was very awesome. Now, Jenny. <laughs> yeah. You made mention of something earlier that I think we should really talk about. Now, one of the things I've realized is that meme has become some form of strategy. Now, what do you have to say about memes as a, as a, as a, as a strategy? Because um, a few months ago, I had a fight in the office.
1: oh
2: no director of social and i think it went all the way to the ceo because i was fighting that why they said we can use memes again and i was like i don't understand why they said we can use memes so the the fight went on for i think six months and then i got an email i think a few months ago that yeah they they have approved that we can finally use memes globally and i was excited and to me showed that there's actually a hunger for memes especially and outside of the world humor is like a big thing and i know that is literally the same in america so do you think you should have like proper meme strategy in place or is it just be something that just like a dynamic thing that just comes in or you should have like a proper meme strategy
1: i mean that's in that's definitely interesting because um I think, I think you're right. I think there are organizations where like their social media strategy centers around memes. Um, what I'm, I'm, I'm blanking, but it's the United, it's a branch of government and it's, I think it might be the safety, the national safety something. Um, yeah, I'm blanking, but they, all they do is like create memes and that, and that's, That's their thing. But the reason why it works for them is because they don't they they don't otherwise their content is normally, you know, probably pretty dry and they're trying to, like, make it funny. So, you know, I I think that that's a perfectly good strategy. I I, but I think it's, you know, for most organizations, I think it's hard to just only have memes. and i you know i would say like at mit we don't have a separate meme strategy like i think for us it it it's more under it's more under the umbrella of like you know does this meme make sense for us to do or you know do you know does or is it completely like not us at all um um so i don't know i i think that yeah yeah i mean i i think I don't, I don't know about a whole meme strategy, but I think sometimes, I mean, I think if it makes sense for you to do, do a meme, then I, I think your audiences, audiences really appreciate that. Right. Um, But if it's too much of a stretch again, you know, it's all about like, I think it's all about like fit content, fit and culture, which I think I feel like I've said a lot, you know, because, um, because, you know, I always say like so social media is is still storytelling. It's it's um you're you're telling the story of your brand or your culture and your community and yeah. you know I always I always tell people like It's, it it feels like you're just posting, it might feel like you're just posting one-off posts, but you're not, you know, like your, each tweet or each post is a, is a part of a larger body of work. And that whole body of work is a story you're telling about your organization, you know? So if, if one, if you have a post that just seems obscure or odd and doesn't fit in the larger body of work, then it, you know, I think you're just going to leave your um, audiences going like what was that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and so um I just think it all it all comes down to what it what fits, you know.
2: I think you just made a very important um important point about the storytelling. That brings me to what Tony said about like having like a, a written down um strategy because the, I don't know of any story that doesn't have a script and I feel like like having a, a document that actually is a compass. You don't have to necessarily follow it, but it's more of a compass, like a script that you follow for your storytelling. Because otherwise, sometime in between the year, sometime in between the month, you might get lost And okay, so why am I actually doing this? Because sometimes it can become overwhelming. Like, you are too excited that you are doing so many things. You don't actually remember what the focus is or the goal is. Yeah, so, I mean, it brings up to what Tony actually said. Like, it it is also very important to have, like, a document you can look back on maybe um, half a year or quarterly, then you can actually look back and, and say that, okay, this is where we, what we said we are going to do. This is a story we decided to tell this year. Now we actually telling that story or we are telling a different story. And that brings me to, when well, you mentioned storytelling, brings me to video content or video form content. Now, it looks like creating strategies for normal, um, like a normal content is is the same as video form but i've come to realize that it's actually different it's different when you're creating a strategy for video and it's different when you're creating strategy for facebook or twitter especially when you're creating for a platform like tiktok so what would you advise if i'm creating strategy for video what are some of the things that i should be looking at for some of the points yeah
1: yeah, I mean, that's tough. So I think um, there's definitely you you you've got your video, and then like vertical videos have become its own um, you know, uh, like it, category, right? Yeah, so and, and I think I think you need to treat them differently. Um, so I think, you know, when you're building a strategy for um vertical video, like this is why I think it should be sort of, like platform agnostic but you, but think in the terms of like traditional video or like vertical videos um and if you are doing it for like you know the the vertical videos um you know you, you have to like there the the practices the best practices are different than when you're like um doing like a more of a traditional video. So I, I think so when you're, you know, thinking like if, if you're storyboarding ideas or doing like, you know, like thinking through ideas for videos, I think how we approach it is you know, we think we think of the video, and then we think, okay, so which part, like what section, can we, you know, do a vertical video for, and how can how can we kind of make that its own freestanding thing? And I, and, you know, and I often find, you know, like vertical videos can be lighter lifts, you know, just by their nature, they're more casual, um, they're a little, you know, they don't have to be like super produced, people. Uh, like the um, things that are a little bit more raw and feel a little bit more authentic anyway. Um, So, so yeah, I think that you just have to like approach, approach it um, differently. Um, And, you know, a lot of times if, if you're, if you're kind of trying to partner with influencers in these space, like I wouldn't like, like for instance, I, I wouldn't, you know, want to control the content so much. like if you if you pick if you pick the right influencer, I think that's what's a little bit more important. And I guess that's what you know, when Tony was mentioning sort of like the pre like strat like you know, the approach, the strategic approach is like you know, the fit like, finding the person is probably where I would spend most of my research and time, and once you find a person that you feel like is a good fit, you know, they're the creator, so, like, I would kind of let them, like, just see what they can produce, um, and and not be too, um, I don't know, set too many like just you know, give them creative freedom and see and see see what they come up with because a lot of times I find that like you know our content creators create things better than I would have thought of anyway. Um, so I and I, I and for me, it's just finding the right person that you know it's finding the right, content creator to begin with to, to make sure they mesh with um all of the things that we've talked about like right community culture um you know an understanding of of your brand um so i find that that's more important and i let them create um yeah i give them i let them create <laughs>
2: uh, well i mean that is that is a very important um point that you made because for i don't know Kwame since you work a lot with influencers do you have anything to say with them? like because jenny just mentioned something that i think is very important when giving influencers their the the freedom to create is that a problem that you face often like the when do clients give you they don't give you the opportunity and the and the, the freedom to create is that a problem for you
3: right so um for, for some clients um it's a problem because they come in and they have a whole strategy um, they want to um, more or less like force on the influencers. Now that happens when um, you have a full media plan and you see influencers as more or less like um, and just a bit of it. So they have um, a full plan they, they're trying to achieve and then they have an influencer campaign plan also somewhere um, sitting well with the plan they have. So when they come that way, they want to, you know, put it on you to activate regardless whether it's going to make sense or whether it's going to actually lead to good results and all that. But I mean, for those people, when they come, we try to manage them. But for most of the cases, um, now, like you were saying, we've educated clients, sorry, and all that. So um, for now, what happens is they share a brief um, according to whatever marketing they want to do and all that. And then the agency now comes up with their strategy, their campaign direction, and all that is controlled from our end. Now, where the challenge will be um, is with the influencers. Okay, so we, we are still getting to the point where influencers um, are not thinking like people like Jenny. Okay, but if we had influencers also positioning themselves as social media managers or strategies, then we will go somewhere. Because at the end of the day, it's not just content you are creating. You are creating content that will drive towards a specific um, specific objective. Okay, so if we just give you the gay game, all you care about is to create a content, whether it's going to lead to the client's objective or not. That is where uh, we, we, we are having issues with currently. So for most of the I realize that the agency more or less directs the influencers to do what they have to do. But ideally, it shouldn't be so. If the influencers yeah. can stay organic and still stay strategic, I don't think we'll have an issue. We just give you a brief. We tell you what we want to achieve at the end of the campaign. The influencer crafts their own um, okay post one I'm going to do this post I'm going to do if you're going to have that it's going to even create variety and that is yeah. that is what will actually bring some spice to the game but currently because we don't have influencers who are um, um are able to you know come up with some of these things strategically it, we end up showing them what to do but it's wrong it's something we have to actually look at
2: yeah mm-hmm. I, I think i think what you're saying is very true so what i do at the offices i have like a couple of influencers that i work with and at the beginning of every year, we sit down and I ask you, what do you want to do with us this year? What are your plans for the year? And then they come up with fantastic ideas. Some of the ideas like really wild. Then I take note of them, build a document, and I send it to the executive the management Rather right there and said, okay, so this is what we want to do with influencers, <laughs> even though it's the ideas. And I explain to them that they are more comfortable doing this. And I think it really helps them because sometimes some of the ideas might not fit with the general marketing plan. So I just guide them into what the the general marketing plan is. But then leaving it with them, I've come to realize that they work more efficiently than you telling them what to do. So I completely agree with what Jenny is saying and where Kwame is coming from. Jenny, I I I would like to. I'm like... Sultan, Sultan, yeah. Sorry,
3: before you go, on, let me just um, quickly add this one. So uh, I'm sure the kind of influencers you work with. Um, you, you you don't work with them just on a, on one of campaigns. I mean you. Mm-hmm engage yeah. them often another year yeah. so that's something we encourage brands to do because if you walked up to an influencer who literally knows nothing about your brand and then you just want to engage them for some two months you see i think that's where the issue is because they're just coming in for the money after the two months they go away but if you have influencers sitting with you where i mean you're having your annual plans your your business meetings and all that you involve them in your strategies and all it actually helps in their thinking it shifts whatever they want to do. And of course, they also get to understand their business. So we've started encouraging clients, even if you you can't put a lot of influencers on retainer, just try and have a few of them. It could be five. Okay. It could be just five. Just have a few of them who will sit well with your brand. And anytime you actually want to activate something, they will be there. They don't necessarily need to come out, come around when there's a campaign. Oh. They can share ideas. I mean, be ready to understand. They can be with you for like three to five years and you enjoy it the most because these yeah. are people, anytime they post, people wouldn't now see, their fans wouldn't see it as, okay, he's been paid to do this, but they'll see it as something that is like their lifestyle. So yeah. that is something we are actually encouraging, I mean, brands
2: to do currently. You knew that that the part will really trigger you. That's why I called you on. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> Jenny, uh, one of the things that I think I would like to know as as we wrap up is, um, you've said a lot of things and I don't know if anybody's taking notes, but I am that setting goals. Like building in building a strategy, you have to set a goal. You have to, you have to have an objective that is like a goal, like a broader goal, an objective, know your audience, like niche in, even in your audience, like all those things. But then after I've done all these fantastic things that you've, you've listed, how do I evaluate if my strategy is actually working? Like, how do I know what I've done for the last three or six months is actually working?
1: Yeah, I so I often think it's um important to um Pick the metrics that you work on when you set your goals. Like, don't do it later. You know, do it then. And but I always always tell people that if you're looking at the metrics and you're looking at the same metrics and, and they're not really you're not really learning anything from them, you think then then you can always switch. You're not married to them. So, um, say for example, um, you know, we're in our social media strategy, we're really specific to tr- um, um, specifically trying to reach more. Um, um, potential uh, la- young ladies that would might um, might uh, apply hopefully would have interest in in applying to MIT but the goal is to grow our like female audience of a, a very specific demographic then then that would that would be what I'm um you know the metric that I look at. Right. Um, and but then if that metric, you know, if I'm looking at that metric, then and I'm not quite getting what I need from it, then maybe like maybe you, um, you. Uh, focus on the region maybe if, if if you're trying to get more in in state students then you know you focus on a very specific region like or maybe um instead of looking at overall all platforms maybe you focus it on a certain platform so i always tell people like you know no sort of like know what you want to track um, even if you're not sure it's it's good to like look at numbers at, and look at the same numbers over a a long period of time. So for for us for TikTok like um we just you know we just started TikTok and our um our primary you know our primary um goal or for being on this um on being on that platform is to show like more of you know again like the culture and the experience of MIT outside of the academics like there you know again there's this like stereotype where people feel like um they come to MIT and you know all all you do is like you just like um study intensely and that that's not true there's like athletics there's like social clubs there's like arts and um you know people like there are students put on fashion shows so we want to show that you can have a really great well-rounded collegiate experience at MIT so it's just kind of to show that side so um really with that you know our um our metric is just it's just growth we're just trying to grow and I did set preliminary targets for ourselves but if it seems too ambitious that's okay we'll we'll re we will reevaluate and see what was working and what, what was isn't working. Like, you know, I'll, leave, I'll, I'll even say one of our goals. Like, right now, I um, hired two content creators, and our goal was to post one a week, but I knew that might be a little bit difficult. Um, and so that's what we we had too uh but you know we we have like overachieving students and and for sure for me their academic career is more important than you know our tiktok um our tiktok account so we might have to hire more student content creators to like help with that like maybe posting once a week or once every other week so it's i think the important thing is you're constantly reevaluating, and if you're not hitting those marks then you'll you'll have a clear picture of why and what you what you need
2: well that's that's really awesome like wow i was actually taking notes give me a second so (laughs) anyway
1: no but i i just think it's just helpful right it's helpful and then if if and it's okay to admit you're wrong i think that's the thing you know when i when you know when i'm when i think you know these numbers are not telling me much i think i need to pivot that's that's okay pivot i think that's that's um what you have to realize is you know you're not committed to to whatever you decide you know always, you can always adjust
2: yeah i mean that that brings me to something that actually happened in the office today i'm sharing a lot from the office but anyways like this week i had a plan for the week and during our weekly huddle i just mentioned it and then i just said okay i've scrapped i've scrapped everything i'm not doing any of the things that i said i would do and i think their their ability to be flexible is very important like what you're saying is it shouldn't be so fixated that it's set in stone. Like these are the are the, are the key KPIs you're going to look at. If you don't get this particular KPIs, then it means that we're not going to do anything else. And I think that's very, very, very important. Um, after all these conversations, I'm sure someone is definitely asking, how do I become a strategist like Jenny Lee Fowler? What do I have to do? <laughs> like, Are there any places I can learn? I will say this for you. You don't have to say it. Like Tony mentioned, there's actually a social media program in MIT. It's for six weeks. Uh, I hope I can get in next year by the grace of God. Uh, <laughs> but then I think that is awesome. But aside that, if I want to be a strategist like you, if I want to go into social media strategy, and it's, it is also very important to, to, to differentiate the very, the, the different part of social media, because people might think you are like a, community manager who just posts or like a a performance marketer who do ads for Facebook. So first and foremost, I know this is like, we should have done this in the beginning. Who is a social media strategist and how do I become one?
1: Oh, I think any I think anyone could be a social media (laughs) strategist i mean i think i think it's open i think um i think the important thing is that um you have to enjoy social media like i you know i was always a person that um you know like whatever the latest tech thing was like you know when we were using pagers do you remember pagers like you know i was got into pagers and then you know then they become palm pilots and i was always the first per- like i just loved like communication on a digital platform you know and social media like i just i really Really love social because if you don't love social, you're gonna you're gonna hate it, right? Because there's a lot of there's a lot to hate out there. So you just you have to really really love it. But I really think everyone can be um, a social media strategist, and um, to be like you know, hey, uh, this I will tell you this at a very very basic level. This I think this is sort of what made me. I don't know, good at what I do is I, you know, I post content and I look at it every day. And if there's one piece of content that did better, like say, like say our average is like 40 likes, but there's, there's a piece of content that got 50 likes or 60 likes. I am dissecting that piece of content to see what is it about that, that I can repeat. Like, was it the was it the time of day or was it you know was it the particular person like like i i just do things that Um, you know, work well. And I try to repeat it. And on the other end, I always look at my big, like every January, I look at my top posts of the past year and I look at my worst performing posts of the last year. And I will tell you, I learn more from my worst performing posts because my top posts, you know, they did well because I, you know, you have an idea that they're going to do well. You kind of know what your audience, uh, audience likes, but your bad posts, you're like, oh, why didn't that you'll see patterns like, and, and, um, and like I'll learn from those patterns and I'll stop doing them. So I'll, I'm not, I'll I'll stop doing what doesn't work and I'll do more of what works like at the basic level. That's, that's what I do like every day, you know, and some people might think that's boring. Some people might think that's obsessive, but, um, I, I don't know that's, it's worked for me.
2: Yeah, I think the work actually has an exciting parts and the boring parts. And I think what a lot of people don't know is that, like, the boring part is the analytics when you have to do data analytics, when you have to sit down listening, just listening, monitoring. Those are like, that, those can be very boring. So, anyways, any last words for our listeners? Like, anything you want to say to anybody from Ghana?
1: Um, and- I. Yeah. I mean, I would just say this has been amazing. Sultan, thank you so much. Um, I hope it's been helpful for you. I always enjoy talking about strategy. I, you know, I would just, I would just say like, you know, it's, it's tough. It can be tough because sometimes you're the only person that is um, really understanding your audiences because maybe your leadership doesn't quite get social or they don't, Um, they don't believe in it like you do, you know, I, I would just say just, you know, that's, that's the education part of it that can be really, really tough, you know? Um, but I would just say, you know, keep at it and, you know, like you, you can convince even, you know, the most, like, I don't even know what the word is, but even the, you know, the, the worst believer, I think there are ways you can kind of chip at it and, and make, make them, Um, believe you know more in what you do so I would just encourage you to just you know keep at it you know you're doing you're doing a great job Um, and yeah yeah and if you you know if you have any questions like just please like DM me my DMs are open so I'm I'm happy to continue the conversation
2: Uh, Jenny sorry but someone actually asked a question that I'm I missed so maybe we can just look at this question then yeah
1: yeah yeah Yeah. sure
2: so he's NML is asking uh, like he has three questions. I'll start from the bottom. How do you pick inspiration for content?
1: Um well oh gosh. Um so you know sometimes like very it's sometimes it's very mundane like uh, you know if it's Valentine's Day like I might um you know, it's a Valentine's Day post, but I might try to speak in the language of of um, of MIT and our community. So one time, we just did something as simple as say, "We heart you," but the image was it was the equation. You know, because we love math, it was the equation that would um, make a heart on sort of like the um, the x and the y axis, and it wasn't. An, but of course, our community you know, <laughs> exactly. So something, something, sometimes it's just kind of like, how can I like MIT this? Um, yeah. Other, other times it's like, you know, I follow a lot of like really amazing, you know, there are so many great content creators out there, you know, and, and really we're all drawing inspiration from each other. Like I, I'm, I'm totally like, you know, the, the social media manager, uh, the director at Harvard is, you know, a good friend of mine, but I'll also see what she d- does and I'll be like, Oh, that's a good idea. And we'll steal it. We'll do the same, <laughs> you know. I mean, you know, really, we're all sort of like inspired by each other, right? And um, so, like, I think it's all a matter of like, you know, f- f- following other people, seeing what other people do, and and just trying to put your culture, your the spit of your own culture and community on it.
2: Yeah thank you so much I think like I really agree with you so my wife is also in social and I still have ideas a lot so
1: yeah <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> I think the second question was who can't you do without in a social media team so I think his question is who is the one person that you can do without when you are building a social media team
1: oh man who can I do without who can I do without Oh my, my team is so small, Sultan. I can't (laughs) do that. Um, uh, uh, That's a tough one. I I think that maybe, you know, I I mean, it it all depends on your, like, uh, that's really, that's really, really tough. That's really, really tough. Like
2: uh, I would say my creative designer, though. I can't do that.
1: Yeah. I mean, yes, that could be, or I was just kind of, maybe I was going to say maybe a lot, li- if if you don't, if you're not doing a lot of events or live stream, like live streaming is like having a person do live streams might be someone you can do without. Um, maybe, maybe like, you know, maybe like a formal video editor, you can, I don't know, you know, like if you only do videos once in a while, I mean, that's tough. I think that's really tough, you know? Like if you yeah did- your needs are different exactly it all again it all depends on what your goals are <laughs> you know um yeah
2: yeah and i think you you actually answered this first question which was like what are some of the first things you must do when you're building a social account from scratch but maybe you can just brush over it again like the first thing uh, you should do when you're building an account from scratch
1: oh sure so you know i've said this on um, like Time making it again but you just know your why like why are you using social media what are you doing it for like so what's your goal right who who are your audience who's your audience um and also your resources because this might tell you how which direction you should build your strategy like if you don't have a videographer then you just can't build a strategy around video right yeah. um if if you if you don't have a photographer, maybe Instagram is not the platform for you. Maybe it's Twitter. So I think you need to take a, a really strong look, an honest look at what your resources are. Um and then, then that will help you like choose your, you know, the platforms that are right for you. You know, I I always tell people, you don't have to be in all the spaces, just be in one or two platforms, but do them really, really well. Have you noticed that like really, really great content has a way of reaching you on other platforms? Maybe you're not on Twitter, but then you saw that tweet on Instagram, right? Or maybe you saw that tweet on LinkedIn. Like if it's a really good piece of content, it will find ways of following finding you so like just do like one or two um platforms but do them really 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 well um and then you know like if if you start to you know you build out your content calendar um you think about business con this is this is a little bit more sophisticated but you think about business continuity so if you're not there what are the best practices to back you up um you know or just to if you leave you know, make sure you're not the only person that has the passwords and things like that, just business continuity. Um, And then just kind of like, like, like training, right, and education. So other people have an idea of what's being posted, when's being posted, I think, I think all of those elements, um, you know, I know, I just speed them out really fast, but they, they create a really good sustainable social media strategy.
2: Thank you so much, Jenny. And I think I'll just take one question if because he asked the question. Sorry guys. So if there's just one question, I can just take one question and then Jenny can sign up. So if there it's is no question, then thank you guys so much for tuning in. This is it's always amazing to have you guys here. And I am particularly excited to have had Jenny here. Thank you so much, Jenny, for making the time. I know that it's is wherever your bedtime, <laughs> but then you made it you made it time anyways for us. We really appreciate We have this again, same time next week, um, same time Saturday. I hope you guys will stick around. We have, we are going to talk about something else very interesting, and I will definitely share it within the week. Thank you so much, Jenny. Thank you, Kwame. Thank you, everybody who tuned in. Thank you, Rebecca, NML, Christian, Cecil, Dunfer, Valencia, Guvana Abdullah, Gadau, Chrissy, Jonathan, Michael. I can't mention everybody's name. Thank you, guys. And yeah. Thanks, Jenny. I'll
1: yeah, th- no, thank you so much. This was absolutely fantastic. And um, thank you for listening.
2: Uh, good that Bye.